the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, the Gospels tell us he was a member of the Sanhedrin, that he was rich, that he was looking for the kingdom of God. He was a God seeker. Matthew and John refer to him as disciple of Jesus, but John alone adds that it was secret because he feared the Jews. Now, normally this would have been a cause for condemnation in the, John's eyes, but Joseph exonerates himself by the courageous action that he undertook in asking Pilate for the body of Jesus. Welcome to another special Easter week broadcast from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno featuring the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout and we're so glad you've joined us. There are special service times this coming Easter weekend and I'll give you those details when we get down to the end of the broadcast. Pastor Leighton is in the book of John, the 19th chapter, and he'll begin right around verse 31. When the soldiers saw that Jesus was already dead, he didn't, they didn't break his limbs with a mallet, but one of them, in order to make sure that Jesus was dead, thrust a spear into his side, out of which flowed blood and water. John attaches special importance to that as a fulfillment of yet another Old Testament prophecy found in Zechariah 12.10, which reads, They look on him whom they have pierced. Jesus quoted this verse in the Olivet Discourse. However, he stressed a different part of it. Now, authors have suggested several interpretations of John's attention upon the blood and water. One of those interpretations is that it is associated with the two sacraments. But according to Dr. James Montgomery Boyce, the problem with this interpretation is that the early church did not use water to signify baptism or blood to signify the Lord's Supper. Those associations came later in church history. Another popular theory is that Jesus died of a broken heart. Over a hundred years ago, a doctor in England by the name of William Stroud published a book entitled A Treatise on the Physical Cause of the Death of Christ. And in that, he argued that Jesus' death was due to a ruptured or broken heart. The problem with this is that's not how the scriptures describe Jesus' death. He died triumphantly, shouting, it is finished, and then he dismissed his spirit. This coronary thrombosis, which is what we know it as, is something that would not likely have been known to the Apostle John, and therefore would probably not be a reason why he would record these details. Which then brings up the question, well, why did he bring down, why did he write down these, this incident in such detail? I mean, he recorded the scourging and the crucifixion of Jesus, each with one word. Why then does he bring such detail to this incident? Well, the entire description of events testifies beyond any doubt that Jesus was really dead. Really dead. The legs were not broken because he was already dead. And if there was any doubt, the spear would have removed that. And all of this was carefully recorded by the witness 
And this is important because it, it countered some of the later heretical claims that discounted the resurrection. Jesus really died, and he really resurrected. If he hadn't really died, then it wouldn't be a resurrection. It would be a resuscitation. But Jesus really died, and therefore it was a resurrection. Also, at the time that the Apostle John wrote this, late in the first century, there were some other heresy teachings that were called Gnosticism, which suggested that Jesus Christ really wasn't a real man, but a phantom or a spirit that appeared like a real man. And and John records these so that we will all know that Jesus was indeed a real man. He really experienced death. We have it in our creeds, even the earliest Christian creed. Uh, which is found in 1 Corinthians, mentions it. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I delivered to you as of first importance, first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The Apostles' Creed also confirms that Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ really died and really resurrected. Verse 38. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. So Jesus died, and what had to be done now had to be done quickly, because the Sabbath was upon them, and on the Sabbath no work could be done. The friends of Jesus were very poor, and they could not give him a fitting burial, but uh, two people came forward. One was Joseph of Arimathea, and he appears in all four of the Gospels, only in connection with the burial of Jesus. The Gospels tell us he was a member of the Sanhedrin, that he was rich, that he was looking for the kingdom of God, he was a God-seeker. Matthew and John refer to him as disciple of Jesus, but John alone as it was secret because he feared the Jews. Now, normally this would have been a cause for condemnation in John's eyes, but Joseph exonerates himself by the courageous action that he undertook in asking Pilate for the body of Jesus. Under Roman law, the bodies of executed criminals were normally handed over to their next of kin, but never in the case of sedition. In that case, they were left to vultures. But the Jews never refused to bury any criminal. In fact, they provided a mass grave for criminals just outside the city. Can you believe that Sanhedrin intended to throw Jesus into that mass unnamed grave? Well, no doubt, as a member of the Sanhedrin, Joseph was able to use his position to gain access to Pilate. And at no doubt, his action made him an outcast of the Sanhedrin. It was also doubly courageous of him because it associated him in the eyes of the Romans with Jesus who had been charged with sedition. 
The fact that Pilate approves the request probably confirms the governor's conviction that Jesus wasn't really guilty of sedition. And it was another snub against the Jewish authorities that had caused him so much grief. Unlike most of the disciples of Jesus, Joseph was a rich man. And again, we see another fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, this time from Isaiah 53, 9, which reads, And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Joseph of Arimathea. As for Nicodemus, the other Gospels don't mention him. In fact, all of our information is from the Gospel of John. He's characterized as coming to Jesus by night. That obviously made a clear impression upon John. He brought with him spices, myrrh and aloes. It was the custom to put spices of this kind in the sheets that were used to wrap the body in burial. And so this was a customary courtesy. But what is unusual is the amount of spices, about 75 pounds that was a huge amount of spices. That, that amount of spices would normally be associated with a burial, burial of royalty. Now, the amount clearly shows that Nicodemus was a wealthy man. Remember the conversation Nicodemus had with Jesus, as recorded back in John chapter 3? Jesus said, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. No doubt, Nicodemus remembered that Jesus had foretold that he would be lifted up of all of the ways to die, that he would be lifted up. He would be crucified. And for what purpose? John 3.16 follows immediately after this. It's a verse that's familiar to many of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus said how he was going to die and for what reason he was going to die. And that might explain why Nicodemus was ready to do at this time something that the other disciples could not and would not. They'd run away. The disciples that had followed Jesus openly all ran away in the end. But the effect on these two disciples of Jesus was exactly the opposite. Now after Jesus had died, but before his resurrection, when they had nothing to gain, they came out and revealed that they too were disciples of Jesus. These men gave Jesus a decent burial according to Jewish custom. And provided for embalming, which was similar to, but not exactly like Egyptian practice, because there wasn't a mutilation of the body. The, the body was first washed and then wrapped in linen, and these spices were put in the folds. But there was need for haste, because the sundown was soon to arrive, and they needed to finish before the Sabbath. There was a tomb in the garden. Only John mentions the garden very near the place of execution. The tomb was described as new, one in which no one had ever been laid. Now, tombs were commonly hewed out of solid rock, and they were closed with a heavy stone, a rounded stone that would run in a groove and close over the mouth of the tomb. 
Such tombs were expensive, and they were normally designed to take more than one body. But on this occasion, John tells us the tomb had never been used before. A detail that Luke also mentions, and Matthew tells us that this tomb actually belonged to Joseph himself. I hope you can join us tomorrow when we come back with more here on Study Verse by Verse and pick up right where we've left off with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's going to continue in the 19th chapter of John and move into the 20th chapter before the week's over. Sanctuary service times on this upcoming Easter weekend are at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 5 p.m. And please make sure you register for a service time by calling the church at 650-873-4095. That's very important. Or send an email to connect at highlands.us. All of those details are on the website for the church, highlands.us. Again, that's highlands.us. And you will find some additional helpful information about this coming weekend right there on the website. Again, the phone number is 650-873-4095. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us tomorrow when we'll come back at this same time and study, once again, the Word of God, verse by verse.